When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we already Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 722, Glass Knives Onions Out. Oh, yeah. Something like that. A a, a knife cutting a glass onion? Yeah. Get them onions out, ladies. That's right. That's right. Which is a perfect (laughs) segue to our sponsor, Kimikoto Knives. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we have a sponsor? No, oh, that was, no, that was April not. Fools. This is actually oh. an early April no. Fools joke. Very early or sp- very late. A sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like when did that <laughs> happen? Sponsor this. Looks like we've made it. <laughs> oh, maybe for maybe after ten years we can go around. Yeah, right, and right, right. Show right. them it our like seven hundred plus episodes. Our award. <laughs> Look at this. We there's our you know ten year of podcasting award. Yeah. We're we're up to almost one download per episode. we finally got that blue chew ad yes so uh, i guess let's go on the for some of us virtual table (laughs) and everyone can introduce themselves this is joe this is kevin and this is tom so we recorded later than usual this week because christmas was on a sunday which is our recording day of choice so we think we all would have gotten in trouble we're like nope can't make it yeah record a podcast oh yeah katie told me i said i said you know so of course we're not recording sunday and she looked at me and she goes you know that if you were, I would go over there and tell all those guys you're not. <laughs> I'm like, no, of course not. We're not recording on Christmas. Well, you could have carpooled. It would have saved you gas money. Right? That's true. <laughs> yeah. So before we uh, get to the film du jour, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while, you're there. while you're there. Be sure and uh, follow us. you never miss an episode. Maybe uh, leave us a review. That's always helpful. 
You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. It's called the League of Show Shares because we're hoping you will share an episode and maybe get us up to two downloads per hey. episode. That would be amazing. Well, I That'd do usually great. download it to check the quality. I don't think it counts you twice, though. No. Oh, no, I was the one, though. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, oh. the systems are smarter than that. <laughs> yeah, right. So people who were kind enough to share an episode last week include Librarian Cynthia, Chris Valls, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Tammy Lynn Powers, Betts, Travis T. Witt, Ralph Tribble, Chris Sanders, Josh Rosen, Brent Smith, Christopher Rex, Heather Sachs, Cinema Recall, Brad Hyen, Zavon Back, uh, Chris... Chris Williams, Minorities Report, James Install, Dissect That Film, Colby Mack, Invasion of the Remake, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, In Session Film, Vertigay 314, Binge Movies, Feel and Film, Ryan Terry, Matt Naglia, and geek to me Radio. So thank you very much for sharing an episode. Also, don't forget, we have a Patreon where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content, and we like you extra. So uh, We've had some hiccups this week, so... The uh, holiday a, horror episodes are coming, but yeah. just be patient. They're, it's they're the, coming. It's the holidays. Well, who doesn't like listening, hearing about Christmas movies in January? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we're just going to do four weeks of New Year's Eve. That's all we got. <laughs> I just realized I, um, the audience won't be able to see this because I'll be editing the video. But can you, can you see her in the background? No, 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 no. But Joe's oh. camera is still on in the studio, and I feel like I'm Clint Eastwood talking to an empty chair. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked over and see this empty chair that we're talking to in a spot. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought you said you could see. So uh, for the for those watching at home, uh, kids are off school. So you might see a random head pop up because my <laughs> six-year-old is laying behind me while I'm recording this. So. <laughs> You know, yes, so, that's my child. You won't have to insert very many chicken noises this week. No, you will. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think you think oh, Joe cares no, about that? Yeah. This one. This one. More won't chicken do it. noises. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The other one it, it probably does it more than I do. I always cussed in front of my kids too. People were like, yeah. "Well, the whole." Pi-. I'm like, "No, they need to learn which words they can't say." So yeah, this right, is right, right. How they, people, it's funny. People are like, "Oh, you can't do it in front of your kids." I'm like, "Do you drink beer in front of your kids? Do your kids yeah, drink you beer? Cigarettes in front of your kids? Uh, there you go." <laughs> So, yeah, there's all that. Let's dig in, shall we? It's Ryan Johnson has had, I feel like he's had kind of one of the more interesting careers over the last, what, 10 years? Is Last Jedi 10 years old? Mm. Oh, no, I don't it's think less it's 10 than, years old. No, I think it's less than 10. Yeah. yeah. He found this, under, I wouldn't even say underground, but critical acclaim with, it was Brick, right? Like, that's kind of the one that. That's that the first. Indie, he's yeah. an indie Yeah, he was like darling. an indie guy, right? Yeah. And then we thought that. Lucasfilm was kind of going to do was going to moneyball it was going to MCU it and start bringing in like these indie guys to do the Star Wars flicks and Ryan Johnson was the only one that got the opportunity to do that because Josh Trank and Colin Trevorrow <laughs> the bed that's kind of the way that worked yeah I, for, I um, kind of you kind of forget that they were going to have these other guys come in and do this stuff and then JJ just took it back and he's like nope forget all that stuff those guys tried to get tricky with well which is I think kinda- it, I think the the weird backlash from Last Jedi and then Colin Trevorrow did something else that like bombed hard. Well, yeah, he and got fired because he did the Book of Henry. Oh, that's right. And then Josh Trank bombed. did Fantastic Four. That was his last one. And they were like, but never he, mind. I don't think Trank, Trank was going to do a spinoff, though. He wasn't going to do a trilogy. Oh, that's it right. Was always right. JJ, he was going to do the Boba Fett one, right? Yeah, it was JJ and then it was Johnson and then Trevorrow. 
We're okay. going to be the three. And, but yeah, and that's there a was, separate. But Lucasfilm got scared and they didn't. Yeah. That was at a time when you didn't know not to listen to the trolls and they were letting the fans control, not the fans, the, the very loud, critical. I mean, we know exactly the type of fan, quote unquote, we're talking about here. And they let them try to control the narrative. And when they yeah. got all that backlash, they started firing people and changing things, which ultimately I think was the wrong move because then the rise of Skywalker undid everything that, that uh, Johnson set up and then turned it right. into a huge mess because you just set up all this stuff and they completely ignored it, brought back Palpatine. They didn't know what to do. And so it was a mess and it's too bad. Beca- and because also I don't know that Ryan Johnson's own trilogy that he was going to do is ever going to happen. And I thought that was an exciting prospect that he was going to have. Wait, his... he was going to get a, another trilogy? Yeah, but not a Skywalker saga. You know, he was going to oh. move away and just do some kind of older thing about, about Jedi, like the younger, maybe how the Jedi were. Well, does he set that? Is it la- is Last Jedi the one where like it ends with like the there's the like kids a, with the, the, little, the little kids sweeping up yeah, or something. Yeah, I right. mean that, that's going right. to be like Newsies, but Star Wars. <laughs> I mean that was one theory. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't know what he was going to explore. I, I don't know if that was just a setup or a spinoff to his own thing, but he was going to do his own trilogy. And now, you know, I think they got cold feet on that with all the other stuff. So it's not canceled yet. But also, like, I don't even think he knows if he's going to be doing it yet. So sure, it's sure. not canceled, but it's not I, not canceled. I was gonna, right. It, it yeah. feels like they have. They, I mean they have gone on the MCU path where they've got stuff lined up and in, it doesn't sound like the Trevorrow stuff is in there. And I don't even think they have, they don't have any other movies in development. Not right? Trevorrow. Trevorrow got fired. Well, I mean Star Wars movies. Right. Trevorrow got fired. Patty Jenkins got fired. Oh man. I forgot. Patty Rogue Jenkins One. had something down there in there too. Yeah. They've, I mean, they're, they're being strategic with mapping things out and they're trying yeah they're not trying to throw as much stuff everywhere and so it's who's the tv guy oh dave filoni dave filoni is the, the they're kevin feige and so i think they're right. trying to get a rain on i think they, they're having so much success in tv that's exactly and it. so it's like why mess with it star wars has huge box office muscle in the united states once you start getting international it doesn't have the nostalgia that other properties do and so it, is that, and that's because it wasn't released. It, in, like they didn't use that business model as much back sure. then, you know. So especially like when you get it to like China, which is a major market, nobody gives a crap about Star Wars in China. So like without that kind of box, so it's it it just doesn't have the international muscle that some other properties do. Ironically, some of the newer properties do. So like I think that, and I mean I said this before. They pivoted to TV that I thought the future of Star Wars was in television. That that and that like Nostradamus. Yeah, I'm like mm-hmm. that makes the most sense. Like it's it's Thomas Nostradamus. Yeah, there he is. and it's hey, it's now, also lower that's a shirt. That's a shirt. It's it's also lower stakes, right? Like if if you put out a movie and it underperforms, everybody's sitting there reading the tea leaves, seeing the box office numbers, but nobody really releases their streaming numbers. So. It, it's, that's true and like i said just the stakes are lower it's like oh i just turn on tv and there's a new star wars thing there and for a tv thing it's really well done and that's good enough where i think, I think, I think as much TV as you love baby yoda if they built a movie around baby yoda oh. people would have lost their minds they would have been, <laughs> he, he would have been the new jar jar Binks. it would have been yeah or an ewok or whatever yeah. like it's but because it was in a tv show people were like oh that's kind of cool and i know there's another sh- there's three more shows coming in the next year right yeah, but right, when right, it's right. like you get one movie every two years and it doesn't immediately make you feel like you're nine years old again like you know 
but in a way, I think these people lose sight of the fact that it does make you feel like you're nine years old based on the temper tantrum that you're having. So <laughs> totally fair. Brian Johnson's good though. So he did Brick, mm-hmm. and then he yes. did Looper. But you you left out Brothers. Bloom. I know. I was gonna say Tom's favorite. I, know I like. I man. I like that movie is so frustrating because it's like the first ten minutes of that movie are just brilliant, and it's like because it. Follows the Conman brothers, but it opens with them as children. And like, and I've said this before, it's on YouTube. You can watch it like the opening 10 minutes. It You don't need to watch the rest of the movie. If you just watch that first 10 minutes, like a short film, it yeah. is phenomenal. The mistake he made was bringing in the adults. Like <laughs> he should have made a whole movie about these two kids because the kids, that, that aspect of kids as con men was just a blast to watch and when when they pivoted to the rest of the movie it it just really kind of went downhill but go watch the first 10 minutes of brothers bloom looper's pretty fantastic as well i thought looper was great love it looper is is fantastic did he get star wars off of looper or is there something else in there in between he was doing tv okay okay and then he comes in and kind of you know the end of a of what was that one called? The Force Awakens. You're left walking out of that thing like, all right, like we're back. Like, you know, we, we sat through the prequels. We're back. to st- Everything's back to normal. And then he hits you with The Last Jedi. And while I think The Last Jedi is a really good Star Wars movie, it completely is a different tone than everything else. And the people turned on it unjustly, I think. Well, it's that it's that old thing of you, you think you know what you want. Like Force Awakens is a carbon copy of A New Hope, and so yeah. it felt familiar. It was a nice way to walk you back into the universe, set you up with familiar characters, familiar archetypes. And they needed to do that. Yeah, and yes, it, it felt very warm and safe and familiar. And yeah. it was I love the Force Awakens is a fun movie. Is it derivative? Yes, but it is fun. And then The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson tried to do something completely different. Why do you want – do you want us to just rehash? You want a carbon copy of Empire? You want a carbon copy of of Jedi? It's like, no. He gave us something completely different. And I think, and I'm on record as saying, it's the best best film of the new trilogy. I think the last one's a mess. The first one's fun, but it just does feel a little familiar and safe. And, you know, he tried to take take chances. And – JJ for being in charge did not map out the trilogy and that's what you right. get when you say hey do a second one do whatever right. you want and he does whatever he wants then like that's on you it's not Johnson's fault it, you know and then he had to rein it back in and undo it also it was a mess and I don't think he deserves any of that this hate that he gets from the people that just can't stand the last Jedi so it's no. a shame but it's no. great that it hasn't stopped him I mean obviously well that's what I was gonna say right is he's knives coming out off of Ron, and then he comes back with knives out and which that's is, a I think, phenomenon I mean worldwide yeah, phenomenon People love Knives on, Out. Very on, su- on paper, that movie should have made about $45. I know. It's a murder. <laughs> like, look, yeah. at, look at all the Poirot movies. And, I mean, I've enjoyed those movies. But, like, they're not worldwide phenomenons. And Knives Out just hit this perfect combination of the humor, the mystery. Yeah. It had the star power in it, a great cast. And uh, Daniel Craig is great as Blanc. And it, and it, he, but it also, it, it, Tom, I think you've mentioned before that, like, you – you don't like the movies that you can't follow. 
that make the that make the puzzles so hard that you're like, oh, or they're not even sure. really puzzles, right? Like it's yeah. impossible, to you know? Solve yeah, like you see this. Like I felt like the Da Vinci Code was all that. It's like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they would sh- give show you a puzzle that made no sense, and then he would solve it, and we were supposed to go, he's so smart. But like if right. I can't play along, I don't know that he's smart. You and know? I think that is a good model to have with these kind of detective stories too, where you're like, yeah. okay, everything is kind of there. Uh, but we're going to leave this, you know, five minutes of information out that we'll give you later and then everything will make sense. So it's it's hard to craft, I think, something kind of like Clue or uh, I don't even even the Columbo episode. Right. Like those are those are yeah. those are not easy things to do. Well, and Columbo he, was always fascinating because Columbo is not a whodunit. It's a how done it. Right. Like, that's true. Columbo that's true. is we like who done it. You know who did it and, and <laughs> you know how they did it. But it's it really comes down to how is what is what was their mistake that Columbo is going to seize on. And so, you, you know, you spend the time like you, you know, the answer, but you're trying to figure out how to get to the the one piece of evidence that will really like tie it all together, which, so which was a very a clever, great. clever so way to go about that. But yeah. it, but this kind of goes back to Johnson's roots with Brick. That was a oh, noir, yeah, yeah in, for sure, indie noir mystery, murder mystery, and uh, it was cool because it's a kid in high school trying to do it. It was really yeah. clever. Is it Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I mean, he's in all his movies, right? Yeah. And so it was really, really neat to see that happen. And I think that it was like this perfect stepping stone to get to something like a Knives Out. And now Benoit Blanc is up there with the great detectives, yeah. right? Like you now, yeah. I mean, especially in modern audiences, you know, it's like Poirot and Blanc are on the same level and, and younger audiences are going to go Blanc as the, yeah. the guy. And it's cool that he created that character, right? So this is an original idea that obviously is similar to those other murder mysteries, but he he created this new way to do it with the humor and it worked on every level. And so of course they get a sequel and then it's announced Netflix is going to get it, which was kind of a weird thing because the first one very made weird. a billion yeah. or whatever it made. It's like, oh, and this is just going to go to And then Netflix. they only put it out for what, like a weekend? To get only the awards or whatever. So they could yeah, be eligible but for awards. For, to me, the point of ha- of running a business is to make money. <laughs> well, Netflix and would if, like to have a word. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. And if the if your sixteen first one billion makes, in debt, they're not. Yeah, but if and if your first if the first movie in the series makes a billion dollars and you only put it in theaters for awards talk, that's a terrible business model. They're in the streaming business. They're not in the theater business. I guess they that's put it out true. there to do it because people fair. were mad that it wasn't going to be in theaters at all. So they did yeah. it, and, and they did it even for an extended week rather than just a weekend in New York or whatnot in LA. Right. So, but I mean, Netflix is a streamer. They bought it so that people would have to resubscribe to Netflix to watch it or keep their subscription another month. That is their business model. So the week is just a bonus. And yeah, I mean, that's you could say that about anything. Why does Netflix make any movie and not put it in theaters like that, that's that, that's their business that's model is streaming so it was weird though it was a head scratch they must have paid a boatload of money and especially for this cast you know i just don't get the business model anymore because it just seems like like yeah they're leaving so much money on the table by not putting yeah. this thing in theaters for yeah, for real time. and it's it's like and you would still have the streaming rights to it because it's yours. So yeah. why not throw it out there and make a few hundred million dollars and then be like, and four months later or four weeks later, it's on Netflix yeah. exclusively. Like I, 
it, I yeah, think they, I, I don't it, get it, but they make like, they make like a billion dollars of income per month from Netflix subscriptions. And so four weeks in theaters, splitting revenue with all the theaters and whatever, you know, all those different splits and cuts that you have. And then it's like, well, if they make a whole bunch of subscribers and it equals 250 million go into them, you know, I, I mean, they must know why they do it, but it's, yeah. it's not as easy. It's just as- got to be so hard to suss out yeah. what really gets people to subscribe to Netflix. And yeah, who, no. who isn't already subscribed? Like, yeah. Well, they, I mean, their subscribers have been slowing down and they were missing projections and such. So. Oh, really? But yeah, but anyway, so they pay a boatload of money and we get this sequel, which, I mean, I thought I thought I this was it, great. Like this is pretty great. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's fun. I think it's one of the best comedies. I think it, that it just works on all levels with the mystery, the humor. It's a really fun movie. The fact that he has figured this out twice Right, and this one doesn't feel like Knives Out. Like yeah, it doesn't feel like a retread. I think that some of the people who are lukewarm on this movie, it's kind of back to Star Wars, right? But it doesn't feel <laughs> like what I wanted it to feel like, so it must not right. be good. And it's like, but he does. He's not doing the same thing over and over again. I will say, I was lukewarm on this m- movie for like the first hour. I was just like, it's good, but like, eh. and then. Like it pulls the rug out from under you, and I realize everything that I thought was a flaw in the film was actually a was actually a positive attribute, and, and that's so, what right. people are seeing. Yeah, you, it won you over. Yeah, people that are mad at it are like, "Oh, well, we get this. It's not what you think you're looking at." It's like, but that's the mystery. Yeah, he's it's what it's called a twist. But, Neither was Sixth Sense. Like, but, and he's also though he's but Ryan Johnson. I think is a very smart writer. Right, his movies yes, haven't. I would they're, agree with that. they're not just straightforward films. He's done a lot of really clever stuff in his career. And with this movie, you have to, if you go back and you watch it again and you look at all the clues he planted, this movie is the thing that Yo-Yo Ma said is the type of puzzle that they all received where it turns on itself and becomes something different. That's what this movie is. Like yeah. he, he sets up all these clues that, of course, on the first watch, I mean, you're, you don't know what the hell they're talking about unless you're some kind of puzzle expert right yeah. i mean like but 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 then if you watch it again well you, it kind of starts by do, so they all get these puzzles right and it kind of starts by doing the thing i don't like which it gives them these puzzles and there's no way for the viewer to play along like you can't right. really solve no. these pu- like the first one you're like oh maybe and then they start pounding through like like fi- <laughs> yeah. five of them and you're just like well these are just nonsensical like you're yeah. like the there is no way for the viewer to really engage with the puzzles being presented for them to open these boxes no the only way i took it they were able to is because he does this kind of stuff every year and they're used to trying to solve these different things Uh, you know and and then you obviously have some very smart people uh, you know i mean some of them are are, some of them are right the the dave batista one is my favorite where the mom his mom his mom's like yelling at it what the puzzles are he's like mom she's great too i can't think of that actor's name jackie hoffman that who that was? That it? Who I, plays his mom? Yeah, yeah, Batista's mom. She's uh, uh she's like the neighbor friend in Garden State when they're at the at the oh, funeral. Oh my god, you're right. And, she uh, is. Yeah, Jackie Hoffman. Yeah, she's I, so yeah. funny. She shows up in a bunch of random. Yeah, stuff, you but, see her stuff all the time. Like I, her name always sticks in my head is because she was, and I'm pretty sure it's her was in the Broadway production of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and my wife's cousin was in that okay and so we went to new york to, oh. to watch it and then when she walked on stage i'm like why i'm like oh i've I seen her. her in a million things yeah like, she's, <laughs> and only murders in the building and yeah, like yeah you see her pop up all the she's time she's great she's the one that do you remember when she makes the shirt out of the drapes out of 
in Garden State. Yeah, Zach Braff's yeah, mom yeah. has the the <laughs> like jungle drapes in the bathroom. She's like, I made you a shirt out of the drapes, and then he's wearing them. He's sitting up against the wallpaper and blends. It's just a really memorable moment, and I'm a big fan of that movie. And so that's that's what I always think of her in. But she's great, and she was very funny in that scene. And like let's talk about all the characters. So you have the Dave Batista, who's this Twitch streamer that's supposedly the first to get to a million streams. And he's a, a macho, you know, alpha male type. And, and he's talking about how, you know, men, men are so great and whatever. And then he lives in his mom's basement and he tries to tell his mom to like, shut up. And she smacks him. And he's he's like, what did you say? He's like, nothing. Which I think speaks to the, which is obviously a lot of this is the social commentary. I think that's a big old commentary on all these different people are different people from society society that you right that you know johnson has something to say but when this when this, we find out that andrew tate lives in his mom's basement we'll be like right oh, that tracks. but that so right so you've got like the alpha male that's so macho whatever but he lives in his mom's basement and he's getting pushed around by her he's not even out on his own and then what's her name kate Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, who, you know, which is funny. She's got the Fabletics line in real life. And her character in this film has the sweeties, which are like sweatpants. But you've got like the fashion model who's kind of fallen from grace and also says some very questionable things that there's a line from (laughs) Peg, who is like her assistant in this movie. Who is from? Do you know where she's from? I do. That's she's um, from the MCU, the Netflix MCU stuff. Well, she's also the the girl, the love interest in that love and What's the one with Dylan O'Brien that we all loved? Oh, Love and Monsters? Love and Monsters. She's the oh, one on okay. the other end of the phone that he's trying to get to. Oh. Same actor. Yeah, okay. She's also in the Netflix Marvel stuff. Yeah. She's one of the... Either way, she's like... I, I just always like a... to give love to Love and Monsters because that As movie well, went we under should, the radar. That movie was pretty great. Such a delightful old film at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. that yeah. we all had a blast with. As we're going through this movie, we find out that each person that comes to the island has some sort of bad thing that's going to happen to them that this Ed, the Edward Norton character is kind of the center of and it turns out that the shop or Elon the, Norton manu- what's that Elon Norton I mean Edward Elon Norton. Norton yeah right right uh <laughs> how prescient was that I know writing right? I mean, this, that was pretty spot on. writing this it's, a couple years ago and then they he knew <laughs> Ryan Johnson knew. What a bizarre... Um, I mean, this movie came out like right around all the Twitter stuff, and it is so weird to have the eccentric billionaire that doesn't really know what he's talking about. It, sometimes it happens. Uh, China Syndrome <laughs> came out like the week before Three Mile Island. Mm. and then Did up, it really? Yeah, and then it ends up being... Like, it's not in response to Three right. Mile Island. Like, it just... It just came out, and then Three Mile Island happened, and then it took off and became a huge hit. Another example of, like, who would have thought a movie about a nuclear reactor disaster would have yeah right 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 you know what i mean like would have been a big giant who hit. knew yeah uh but like the, the she's such a the, the the uh kate hudson character is such a moron that's birdie that birdie that when she gets an email regarding the where her sweatpants are manufactured they say it's a sweatshop they, they, they refer to it as a sweatshop she perfect peg, peg had the look <laughs> on her face where she's like Oh my God! She did thought you, that sweatpants. Did you think a, that the sweatpants were made at a sweatshop? And she was like, "Yeah." So yeah, so that's she's gonna like, leak. Oh my God! And, and that she <laughs> knew that it was a sweatshop and she was okay with it, but she's just dumb, right? I mean, she's a right. She's a good, she's a decent person, I guess. She's made some questionable statements, but it's not out of malice. It's like she's not she's intelligent. Dumb. She is, I mean, I'm <laughs> trying to be nice, but it's like she is just not intelligent. So she she says some of these things. Um, Duke is the Dave Batista streamer character. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who you know from Hamilton, Joe, you would mm-hmm. know from the original. I did. Yep, of Hamilton. Yep. He plays Lionel, and he is 
like the Edward Norton character's right-hand man. Well, that's weird because of Hamilton, I guess. (laughs) 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 He's his right-hand man. And so he's this scientist researcher who really is doing all the work. And then you have Miles, Norton's character, who's just coming up with crazy ideas. And he has to kind of rein him in or say, like, that's not possible. And you get that great intro in the beginning where you're introduced to what kind of character Miles is when all these people are on this call with him and questioning, like, you have to put a stop to this craziness. And he's like, yeah, but look, who would have thought these ideas would have worked? And he's holding up all these faxes that Miles the, uh, sends him. It's like the, like child NFTs. Kids and NFTs and some <laughs> yeah. dog something. And But but then he's got one framed. He's like, who would have ever thought this would have worked? And, and yeah, it's like the dogs and nfts or something where yeah, right, babies right, right. and nfts and so apparently that <laughs> the skyrocket where it's just like these eccentric billionaire insane ideas that somehow take off but he's you know he's trying to rein him in Catherine hans in this who uh, you know yep. everyone loves coming off of the the scarlet witch stuff agatha harkness yeah where it's it was agatha all along so she's a, right. like a governor that's running for senator and is there anyone else in the group uh you've got whiskey who is dave batista's like girlfriend mm. You've got Peg, who is Kate Hudson's assistant. Uh, assistant. And I you've guess the got, only other one is Andy, who you've yeah, got quote Andy, unquote, but you've also Andy. got like the weird hippie guy. Well, but that's just a joke. I there were well, you keep seeing that guy pop up, and I was like, okay, well that's the guy. Like that's a weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's yeah, a weird hippie guy that keeps popping yeah, up. Like that's just a running gag, though. That's it is really a running it, gag. But, but I thought it was it was a pretty good red hair. Yeah, I mean, if you think maybe he's doing something behind the scenes, sure. But so, right. but then you've got Andy, who's the big question mark, and we don't know at the beginning of this movie what's going on. But there's something obviously that where none of them expect her to show up to this island in this getaway. And when you see Miles look at Andy coming off of the ship. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's seen a ghost. They purposely, yeah. literally, my first thought was he looks like he's seen a ghost. And why, mm-hmm. you know, and so why would he think that she's dead? So it's kind of a huge giveaway if, I mean, if you're paying attention. On the second watch, it's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not going to try to compare it to Get Out because they're two very different movies. But you watch Get Out once, it plays one way. You watch mm-hmm. it a second time, it plays a completely different way. I think this is very similar. Now, yeah. when you when you know the twists... And you and then you watch it again and you see Edward Norton's reaction to Andy being there. Yeah. It makes sense. I think that's one of the biggest giveaways. And I get and again, I know that you could read it as like, oh, I didn't expect you to show up, but the way he did it, and Edward Norton's a very good actor, and the first time I watched and he looked at her like that, I'm like, that's a you've seen a ghost. That's yeah. that look he yeah. gave. There's a subtle difference between an actor going like, Oh, you showed up, and he was speechless. He was just like you well, know, I could not believe when, it. When you get when you get a look into their history, that look could also mean like, I can't believe you're here because of what I did to you. Totally. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it, you know? but I'm just like, the way I read it was like, there's something more to that. And as sure. we find out, I mean, it, it would make no sense for her to be there. He is just uh, shocked. No. So it was, a, I mean, that was a great <laughs> performance and you're right. You could read it either way, but then you've got Benoit Blanc. And, and the funny part about this is that, you know, you, you know, he's, he's sitting around waiting for something, right? Cause it's, this takes place in May of 2020. So it's right. In so the was pandemic. this filmed during the pandemic as well? I, I think so. I, I think it was, it'd be, yeah. I mean, I think it has to okay. have. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. we're just on the tail happy. end yeah, and fair. it's, I was in the can, yeah, probably a year ago. But it's funny because he's sitting around and I, this was a weird one when he's, he's playing Among Us, which is a 
murder mystery game where right. you're trying to figure out it, it's the thing bodies bodies bodies. oh yeah yeah it's, it is yeah exactly it's bodies bodies yeah, it's bodies the, it's the thing yeah, it's, the it's, thing. it's yeah. werewolf it's that's who's what the it bad is. guy so it's a it's a murder mystery and it's hilarious that benoit blanc's playing it but then he's playing it with all other people that have something to do with murder mysteries for oh. knives out and glass onion took uh influence from a sondheim play and then you've got of course murder she wrote and those so two are, are we saying that angela lansbury's what, what was her character on murder she wrote jessica fletcher yeah. jessica fletcher is like Murder She Wrote takes place in the glass in the, in the Knives Out universe. Well, this is a real world. Everything's <laughs> okay. real except for our characters aren't actors. And I'm just going to pretend that it does. Yeah. Oh, I think. I mean, I think it does. I because they play themselves, right? So that's Sondheim. He's talking to. That's oh Angela Lansbury's Angela talking Lansbury. to. Okay. We're going to pretend that it's Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> the, no, they have names the on the she Zoom thing. Is... It literally is the actors. Oh, it did. Damn it. Yeah. So, but they're but they're the actors that played those roles, right? So that's why sure, Benoit sure. Blanc is playing with them. Which is funny, and then as it Natasha, Natasha Leone, she's doing a series that Ryan is for Peacock. Yeah, it's a oh. a mystery series that Johnson's producing. So he had her in, and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in a movie that he was in Airplane. The... <laughs> yeah, I was like Game of Death. He was in something mm-hmm. where he he had a, a small part where there was a murder, a mystery going on. So anyway, it's funny, and and rest in peace, Angela Lansbury and Stephen yeah. Sondheim yeah. passed away in the last year. So w- that's a weird thing to have two. I thought she had passed away, and I was like, man, how long ago did they film this? Right, but I mean, but, this is just... I mean, it's filmed on a Zoom, so all she had to do was turn on her computer. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. but he's sitting around, he's so bored, and he's waiting for something, and then he gets a knock at the door. And again, this is the clever part of it, where you think he's received a package, just like all of them have. There's a courier that brings them each this puzzle, and we don't see who brings his, so we presume it's just another one. And he looks at it, and you know, of course, he's a genius, so he can figure it out. So we presume off camera, um, <laughs> but you know, spoilers. If we want to get into what the twist is at the hour mark, yeah, I think we fine. should. Right, so we yeah. don't have to loop back around and do it all over again. Keep yeah. getting around it. You should watch the movie because we're spoiling a very fun. Yeah, I can't imagine that and... you would start listening to this show if this episode. Yeah. For a movie like Knives Out. But if you want to know, is it worth watching and you're just listening to it because you maybe weren't going to watch it? I would say right now, I think it's a very fun, very enjoyable movie, cleverly written, lots of twists and turns, and we're going to completely spoil it. And it's not as fun. If you knew it was going to happen, the experience would go down a bit. So Andy is dead. And the real Andy did die. But what they, what I guess she neglected to tell or stopped mentioning is that she had a twin sister. I think they all knew, but I mean, we didn't know. That's true, but I feel like even the, if the people knew the friend that the the uh, the disruptors as as they call themselves, mm-hmm. they were so absorbed with their own lives that they forgot that the Helen, right? Helen is is, is the twin sister. The sister. I almost assume that they at least Miles must not know, or he'd start to figure out what was going on. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know? Yeah, I wonder if that's because I think, I think uh, Catherine Hahn and Kate Hudson both mentioned that they knew yeah helen existed mm-hmm. but they don't know she's dead what that's are you yeah. doing <laughs> oh but the, so that's the kicker though is that see no one knows she's dead except for miles and spoiler the reason why he knows is he did it he's right. the bad guy miles murdered andy his former partner who he forced out of the business and uh, took all the credit for her work and her ideas and so we don't obviously know throughout the whole movie but that's that's the spoiler he did it and so when she shows up on the island he saw a ghost 
But come to find out, at the one hour mark, we we find that that is not Andy. Andy is dead, as we said, Miles killed her. And now the twin sister, Helen, comes over to Benoit Blanc's house. She brought her puzzle, she brought Andy's puzzle, and then they together crafted this plan to get to the bottom of it. And so Benoit Blanc shows up saying he got an invitation, and Miles is like, I didn't send one. And come to find out throughout the whole thing, Miles is not the genius that we all thought he was. So this is um, this is Helen that came, and, and, and so they concoct this plan that, that, oh, Benoit Blanc got this extra invitation, and Miles, he had a puzzle guy, and then he also hires Gillian Flynn to write <laughs> a murder I, mystery. That was a great, that's a, such a, he's like, and that wasn't cheap. So basically what <laughs> what they're saying, what we're saying is that there was this big murder mystery that was going to take place on this island, and Ed Norton was going to, it was just supposed to be fun, and they were going to announce this new energy source that was going to change the world but unfortunately they have the world's greatest detective there and when they sit down for dinner uh benoit blanc figures it out he solves it before five, it happens five minutes yeah he did, he does, that's great that's my favorite scene of the whole movie it's it's a great scene he does the end scene he yeah. does the thing yes. that poro does at the end the thing that blanc does at the end of yeah. knives out he does the solving at before like before the hour mark before we find out the reveals <laughs> and so Miles is pissed because he hired Gillian Flynn to write this thing, and she's not cheap. But that's the thing. So going back to what I was saying, he hires people to make the murder mystery. He hired a puzzle guy. He's got a puzzle guy to send all these things out. He's supposed to be this tech billionaire genius, but we come come to find out Andy had the ideas, and he forced her out. So he really is an idiot. He makes up words. Yeah. So if you're paying attention, he's saying words. That if you're yeah, going, that like, was driving that me a... crazy. I was like, that's not how you use that word. <laughs> and he's supposed to be yeah. super smart, right? So people think he's super smart, but no, he's making up words, and, and we, we know he's hired all these people. He really is an idiot that just has gotten lucky and has done some things. Well, um, he, I wouldn't even say he's got lucky as much as he stole from people right like sure. that that's what it, that's what it comes down to is andy had this idea for the whatever the the equation was that created alpha which was this you know this massive company that ed norton is kind of in charge of and ed norton was just kind of like the face of the company where andy you know he's the front man he's the guy yeah. in front of the camera where andy and i kind of lionel as well were like the two people putting everything together and when ed norton got in bed with whoever you know this these other folks about making this hydrogen cube i guess like power source andy knew how bad it was and she was like i'm not signing off on this i'm not doing it i'm not doing it i'll i'll take everything i'll take the intellectual properties of alpha and there's nothing you can do well then he sues her no does she sue him well, either way, they go to court, and they all the court. friends in this group lie and say that it was his idea. When we know right. she would, they were all there at the bar, the Glass Onion, when she came up with the idea on the napkin, and they all saw it, and then they also blatantly... fantastic name for a bar. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I like that. Um, and then as you know, they all like Kevin said, they all turn on her on Andy, and because Miles has basically has them all blackmailed. Yes. You know, for one way or another, he has the power over each one of them. You know, he, he did the funding for Sweeties, and then he's right. the only one that can keep her afloat, and she has to take the fall for all the bad stuff happening. And well, she, and then he, doesn't he fund Catherine Hans? Yeah, but he's paying probably he's paying for all her political stuff and right, right, and right. he's Lionel works for him obviously. That's he's 
he's his boss and he so he has the power over all these people and so they feel obligated and then duke he got in trouble because he was selling rhino horn rhino boner pills, pills to teens on twitch or something <laughs> right, and so right. like he's helped him navigate all that and so they've he's you know he's got his thumb on all these different people and so they had to lie i don't i mean they didn't just do it for fun it's like they know that they know where the money comes from and so right. they lied which is horrible and, and forced andy out because of it and all that and so that is why when she shows up on that island not just miles who knows that andy can't be there how would this be possible but all the other friends are like oh we just testified against her in court like it's a very right, awkward right, right. thing for all of them because they they lied and she knows they all obviously know that they lied not they just misremembered i mean they, you know so it's an it's definitely an awkward weekend, but it's great because we again we find out that Helen and and Janelle Monet plays both of these characters. I don't know if we mentioned yes, that uh, that's right. Uh, it's Janelle Monet who is phenomenal in this film. I think she does great. a great job playing both of the characters. But I, yeah, I also like that we get while we don't get an exact replica of Knives Out, we get sort of the same things, right? So the the gal who is kind of like Benoit Blanc's right hand, not right hand man, but like the the one that is by his side or the one that is working with him is what's the gal's name in Knives Out? I don't remember. Are you talking character. about Ana Darmas? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. So she she's working with Benoit. We you know we we find out what we find out about her, but well, she is she's the, the outsider of the family. So correct. He, you know, and I she's, feel like he kind of does that again here with Helen. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of get this outsider working with Blanc, yeah, to to set everything in motion. Sure. And Orton is kind of like the Chris Evans, where he's not a bad guy, but he is a bad guy. <laughs> Spoilers for Knives Out. Yeah, I, and I think it. I mean, I think it comes back to murder mysteries. You have certain sure. characters. You're always going to have the red herring type character that you think, oh, it has to be them. And then, it's, I mean, you've got those certain type of archetypes of characters archetypes. in these yeah, things yeah, yeah. but johnson does it in a way that feels fresh and like you guys said earlier it doesn't feel like a retread of knives out even though they're both murder mysteries and they have the same detective i love how different this movie felt it did not feel mm-hmm. like knives out 2 even if they try to put it in the title uh you know it's not knives out 2 this is its own thing that just happens to have the, his detective like poro and and all the agatha christie sherlock books. all that stuff yeah this is benoit blanc and uh i, I love they changed it up and i'm curious to see where he takes it to yeah. keep this fresh because and if i think i think if anyone can do it it's johnson i think he is very clever in his writing and these two movies have been great so yeah, but, but no. the, the power source thing joe we should say miles has this this complex where you know he's rich he's famous he's doing all this stuff but he wants more he wants to save the world he wants to of power course. the world you know it's nothing it's never enough for him and so he wants to be remembered in the same breath as the mona lisa that's <laughs> what, what he says which i thought <laughs> was a great <laughs> but it's a great way the way yeah. that it plays out that he will now yeah i love that i love that part. that's a good line that's so, a really good line so he wants to be as famous as da vinci everyone knows da vinci right in, in the mona lisa and so he wants to be that famous and he wants to create this power source that can that is you know a very it's a clean energy right like that was the whole idea it's supposed to be clean energy but the problem is is they're using hydrogen it's unstable Catherine Hahn is like we're gonna turn every house into the Hindenburg yeah like this seems like a terrible idea (laughs) but I will also say we I mean how we have right everybody gets natural gas it's sure 
that's that's really dangerous and explosive. But I'm guessing this is more. Yeah, I mean it's more so. But I'm just saying, like, but like sure. it's funny what you can get used to. Like nobody thinks twice about having natural gas in their house. I just saw there right. was a video going around where a house blew up the other day. Yeah, it just completely exploded. Huge. Someone caught it on their ring doorbell across oh the street. God. So I mean, and, it happens. Do you, and you know, natural gas doesn't have an odor, right? Like right. Oh, they yeah. add that odor, so you have a chance <laughs> yeah, at winning right. if it starts to leak, right? <laughs> and not dying, <laughs> right? Well, that yeah, I right, can right. I I <laughs> define that as winning. That's a win. But that's, uh, a win. that's a big win. Yeah, that's a big win. So yeah. yeah, this guy is so such an eccentric billionaire that he we go into the glass onion. They all come for dinner, and then on the wall is what appears to be a replica of the Mona Lisa. And we find out, nope, not a replica. You know, during, during COVID, they had to shut yeah. down the Louvre, so they weren't getting as much money. And so to finance that, he he rented the Mona Lisa, <laughs> which you know is just. A terrible idea, and then of course the checkoffs, checkoffs button. You know, yeah. oh, I I can't look at it with the glass protective pane in front of it, so I installed this <laughs> fail whatever the kill the, switch. Yeah, I did turn it off. And you're like, okay, noted. Right. Yeah, good to do. I got that. I'm sure that won't. That won't. No, later. that thing that no, protects we'll never the priceless painting. Uh, <laughs> so they so, set that up. Yeah. So when Blanc kind of ruins the evening or ruins the weekend, I guess Blanc brings it up to to Ed Norton's character. He's like, Miles. look. Miles, thank you. You have like six people here that you've given them a loaded gun. Like they're ready. They know that you were supposed to die and now they want to kill you. He's like, oh, they don't want to kill me, blah, blah, blah. And they go back and they're, everybody says that they're leaving because the, the weekend is kind of ruined and they well, don't. And, and he says that's like leaving a loaded gun on the middle of the table and turning off the lights. Right. Which gives. Which happens which later. Miles is so dumb. He just takes that idea like, oh, like that's, I haven't really thought this through. Let me just like do that. Like he did with everything else. Right. right? That's exactly. He took the idea from everyone Which else. comes to that really funny time when he really, when Blanc really solves the mystery or whatever in the end. He's like, that's just, that's just so stupid. He's like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, but, but yeah. So, oh, and Duke, Duke carries a gun everywhere. So again, there's. Duke's gun, Chekhov's gun there, literally, right. is Duke everywhere he goes carries a gun. So, of course, in a murder mystery, that is going to come into play. Who knew? Um, <laughs> so part of this game is that, the, the like Kevin said, the lights were going to go out. And before that happens, though, they're all kind of getting back into it and they're having a good time again. And I thought this was really kind of brilliant is you've got the sound, like, of the glass going up and down on the Mona Lisa. And then you've got Ed Norton kind of making everyone look at Kate Hudson, who's wearing this very like flamboyant and almost rainbow colored dress and making her twirl. And he's like, you know, look at her, look at her. And I was like, okay, we're trying to distract everyone to look at Kate Hudson because something else is going to happen. And sure enough, something else does happen. Uh, Dave Batista takes a drink out of this drink uh he drinks the entire thing and he immediately grabs for his throat um and keels over and the fun part of this is that like tom said when he's talking about can you play along i mean yeah there's a lot of details and you might not pick up the first time but when you watch it the second time the clues are all there you literally could like you could have solved it if you were blanc you know i i don't think like these these mysteries are so tightly are densely scripted and right. And, there's a lot and convoluted that I don't think anyone can really solve them. But to be fair, but it, but when you go back and pick it apart, everything is there in front of you. So like it's right. it, you know, um, 
which I I love about yeah. them. I think that's that's what makes them fun. That it's like all the things are there. I think the people that say like, oh, I solved it. Like you might have guessed who who the murderer was, but statistically sure. speaking, you have like a one in seven chance of doing that. <laughs> right. But to actually lay out who the murderer was and how and why they did it, you. You're full of shit. You didn't <laughs> right, do right, that. Right. You may have guessed. <laughs> yeah. But you, you didn't figure it out from the clues that right. were laid out in front of you. Yes. Right. But, do you like na- the National Treasure movies? I liked the first one. Okay. Because I thought the first the second one. The one does kind of do that thing that you don't like. Yeah. The first one, I thought you could play along, right? And like yeah. their explanations made sense. And, and the second one, I felt like it got really lazy and they didn't do that at all. I know there's a TV show now. I haven't even started it. I don't care. It's all right. I watched the yeah. first episode. But, um. But I thought the first National Treasure movie was a lot of fun. And so when the second one came out, I was like, oh, this will... And then it was like, it just... It ended up being exactly what I thought the first one was going to be. And so I just kind of... I didn't even care about the TV show, especially with no Nicolas Cage. But Duke yeah, says care. earlier, he's like, to make sure, he's like, there's no... what? What's the thing, is it? Pineapple. Peach? Pineapple? Okay. Pineapple. Because he's yeah. going to make him Duke, a drink. Duke don't do pineapple. Yeah. And so, I mean, he clearly <laughs> says he doesn't, yeah. doesn't do that. And then if you look, if you go back and watch it, when Edward Norton makes his drink, he puts pineapple in his drink. And yep. Miles hands Duke. I mean, you, I mean, it is a blink if you miss it. But yeah. if you're watching the second time around, and then I think maybe Blanc goes back and shows you. They but, show it to you. But the first you, but, time, yeah. it does happen where um, Miles, when Duke goes to reach for his glass, Miles hands him Miles' glass. Right. He kind of like sneaks it in there while they're all looking at Kate right because he's not looking like, he's looking yeah. at kate hudson so he hands him the glass that says miles because he made the drink with pineapple and you know obviously he chokes and all that stuff so it's it's really cool to see that this the clues are all there and you could solve it if you know if you were really paying attention and taking notes right and, you know it's it, it would be hard to but it's great and it's like what joe said with the sixth sense you go back and watch the sixth sense and say yeah no one's talking to him no one, right. you know, like right. no you can. No one's acknowledging all, him. Yeah, right. and you never would notice the first time because it's done in such a smart way. Yeah, where it's so close that you never bat an eye. You just never go like, "Oh, that's weird." I mean, it, it seems natural at the moment, and the same thing here, where you're like, "Damn, he did. It's all there." Yep, well, and they would there. they would start scenes like kind of in the middle, right? Yeah. So like you would it would True. feel like in six sense like he had been talking you just you right. your mind filled in the blanks because the scene would pick up and you you would just assume that he had just finished speaking right. to right, the mother right, right. or whatever they don't show them like going into the restaurant and being seated and like how the person just looks at her or something. right like, like they're they're at the restaurant yeah so it, it was very clever again that but that's m night Shyamalan, you know who i'm glad is making a resurgence because he's done some great stuff he's very clever with his writing like that and ryan johnson is very clever in the way that they misdirect you without it being too obvious or too much of a cheat to where yeah again where you go back and like oh come on like yeah you know, right, the, right, the right. Impossible there's no scene. way you saw that yeah right so the power goes out it was all planned like it was the island was gonna go dark and when the lights come back up andy slash everyone's gone. running around the house basically whiskey is whiskey is gone and the gun is gone well and and as blanc runs around the house there's a knife missing who uh, birdie has taken that we find out right. and so and 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 birdie was the killer in in the game in miles's game that he had made that benoit finds because you know he has this priceless jewel that is a family heirloom that she wants and all this and so then she takes a knife and you start to think well did she really want to kill him to to get it back or whatever and you question right. all these different things that you see with with the weapons missing and all that and you see um you do see 
quote unquote Andy, who we don't know yet, but it's Helen running running away, and you're like, well, if she's innocent, why is she running away? So you think, right, did Andy right. get revenge? And she's been weird the whole weekend with her interactions with all of them. Uh, so you, so you just really don't know what's going on. But we eventually see as Blanc and and he says Helen, like if you're listening carefully, he did say it. I and he I says even, Helen, uh, yeah, right. In that scene, I didn't even pick up on it. She runs into him and he's like, like, Helen. And if you're thinking, like, if you know her name's Andy, then it's like, wait a minute, who's Helen? And so that's right Right. before the reveal that we've already talked about. Uh, But she gets shot by a a mysterious gloved hand in a, like, two-way window. He shoots shoots her. And and before the flashback to her really being Helen and all that, we think she's dead. But come to find out, it's Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Oh, right. But also she she had one of her sister's journals, like, tucked in her pocket. And that stopped the bullet. That's why she didn't die. Uh, but they use Jeremy Renner's right. hot sauce, and he puts it near his eyes, so he starts crying. I got to tell you, the scene where she's kind of like got her head back, and the hot sauce, and everybody's still, you know, she oh, has to pretend yeah, to be dead, and she, all of the people are still there, and the she hot sauce in her it's, nose. It's such a brilliant, oh. like, tension scene. It is where the hot sauce is just trickling up like <laughs> the curves of her mouth and getting closer and closer to her nostril. Because you know how much and, that would hurt. Like, oh, I would suck so bad. <laughs> just smelling it. So it going in your nose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then luckily, Benoit gets everybody away and she's able to react to the Ugh. hot sauce up her nose. I was like, oh, that would have that would have been real bad. So now Benoit has kind of a leg up because people think that she's dead. So she can kind of move around. Um so basically what he's doing is trying to buy her time because she's trying right. to find the proof that uh, her sister, Andy, cr- created the idea for Alpha and, and, and all this stuff. And so Benoit goes in and gathers them for the, the final scene, the solution type whodunit scene. Meanwhile, she is like digging through every room, ransacking the place. But the what's her name? The Duke's girlfriend, right? Whiskey. Whiskey sees Whiskey. her, and and now that there's been someone killed and all that, and she has motive. Andy, who she thinks is Andy, you know, it has the motive. She thinks that she's trying to do something nefarious or whatever, and and really, our Helen is like, no, 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 calm down. So she runs back into with Blanc, and she's like, I saw her doing it. She's tearing things <laughs> up and all this, and so, you know, so it's a it's a, it's, it's actually fun because the the Helen character has an accent, has yeah. like a Southern Louisiana yeah. accent. And she has to put on. They they refer to it as the rich bitch, like From when they were kids for her, they used to... for her sister. So, and there are moments when she's talking to whiskey where the accent drops. Like, yeah, the, yeah I think she's her, great, her, her, Kevin. You mentioned that uh, both characters, but really she plays three characters, right? Because oh, that's true. She because she yeah. because she has to play Andy, she has to play Helen, and then she has to play Helen playing Andy. Yeah, right. So she's really doing three different performances in this role. I for uh, the film critics, she's who I voted for for best. I voted for actress. her too for best because oh, okay. I was, that's awesome because I was like she had to do three distinct things and and she does them yeah you know i think yeah, this is yeah. the kind of role that gets overlooked but janelle monet is fantastic in it her her performance is really really great and sells what this movie is doing because if, if her performance doesn't work the movie doesn't work right because it all it either tips off the mystery mm-hmm. or it just comes across as stupid <laughs> you know right. like exactly so yeah. it, it gets overlooked in a movie like this because it's this murder mystery comedy but you're right it is not as good as it is it does not work if she, <laughs> if she does not play the part right and and she does it's like it's like i mean i know this is a totally different type of movie but it's like it reminds me of 
John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage in Face Off, you know, where you have to do the character playing the character. And there's an extra level of skill that comes in with how would this other actor play? You're not just doing an impression, an impressionist doing an impression. They do that on SNL sometimes where a really good impressionist will have to play. They're playing the character and then that character does a semi-impression. And it's just interesting how you have to make it a little different. How would this character do it? I think there was one weekend update where Andy Samberg was Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage was on the show. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, they do stuff like that a lot. Yeah. Side by side. Yeah. So which I thought was great is like when she's having like an actual heart to heart with whiskey, the the rich bitch accent drops mm-hmm. and she goes back to talking like like Helen. But whiskey is not saying she's dumb, but she never picks up on it. Well whiskey her her boyfriend just died. And right. and there's well, some other and we and we'll the boyfriend that we think she's cheating on, right? There's some red, there's some great red herrings again with with Johnson. He's putting a lot of really clever stuff in the script, so we see what looks like whiskey having some sort of affair, cheating on Duke with Miles. But come to find out, she was doing it for him. Like she was, right. she was trying to get Duke what knew about what it. Duke wanted to do is he wanted to get his stream advertised on Alpha News. Yeah, and. And, you know, Miles is like, no, like, I can't I can't put that on my news channel when you got busted for selling rhino pills, rhino boner pills. So he sends in whiskey to kind of talk him into it. And she doesn't like she can't do it. Not that she couldn't do what she was doing, but she just could not talk miles into you know pulling the trigger but we see but we see it looks like duke has a clenched fist that he's mad that she's cheating on him but really he has a clenched fist because of what they're saying and miles like i can't do that and all and he's getting frustrated at he kind of calls him like a a dumb like he calls him dumb basically yeah so you get all Uh, these these red herrings sprinkled throughout that you don't know but so it really comes down to then they're back in they're back in the the glass onion i mean right right and 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 Blanc solves the mystery. He does. So we, we find out. So the, the catalyst of all of this is that Andy found the original blueprint on a napkin that was authenticated because on the napkin, there's an imprint of the name of the bar and the one that the napkin that Ed Norton has, there is no imprint. There's no indentation uh, of the name of the bar but andy couldn't find it for the trial which was the the kicker because right. if she could have she could have presented it as evidence well it was hidden away in a book and there's all sorts of easter eggs you can go on youtube there's tons of videos about it but you know the books he puts everything has a meaning that yeah. johnson plants throughout it but it's hidden in a book that means something and there's a scene right. where serena williams is reading a book that in the first movie they said no one ever read that book and there's a lot of really, oh, really? fun cl- yeah there's a lot of really fun clever oh, easter eggs good. sprinkled throughout the movie but i like she- that line too where she's like you guys want to work out and they're like like, no, it's like, oh, she's just money. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's so rich. They just hire <laughs> Serena Williams to. It's not just a, like a video playback. It looks like she's on like a, a mirror, yeah, fitness device. You but, can but call no, it's a, tonal. It's fine, but it's a live. It doesn't have the arms, so it's oh, just okay. the screen, which makes it a mirror. Yeah, but so. it's a but it's tonal's a, far superior though. If anyone's curious, <laughs> it's a live stream of Serena Williams sitting there waiting for him to want right, to right. work out. He just pays her <laughs> to sit there, which is a very funny ridiculous rich person thing rich person thing to do so they so helen ends up like going to uh miles's office and she's looking at the she's looking at miles's version of the blueprint and she just happens to look to the side and there's a little red square uh which is inside this and inside this 
red envelope. This red envelope mm-hmm. is the original blueprint. And so this is the thing. Like, and this is the thing that where we get in the flashback, we see that Andy found or Helen shows us the email in the flashback to Blanc that uh, that she, the email's like, "I found it. I'm going to take this whole thing down. I'm going to give you a chance to make it right, or I'm burning right. the whole thing down," which is the catalyst for her murder. And when we see in the flashback, all the people show up at her house because they didn't want to email back or leave a paper trail, so they all start showing up to her house, or a few of them start showing up, and we see in that I think flash, they all end up showing up at one point. I, I can't remember if it's all, but it's it's at least a, a few good of chunk them. of them. It's a good yeah. chunk yeah. of them. And what we see is Duke showing up on his motorcycle, the car that they've shown us several times that Miles has on this island, even though he can't drive anywhere. He's rich and wants his car with him. <laughs> that car that's like a what one a of a rich thing to do. Right. It's hilarious. <laughs> Why is it on the roof? He's like, you can't drive it on the beach. <laughs> can't like, drive it's on the island. Hilarious. But there's a one of a kind. So that's speeding away from the crime scene, and Duke is going too. So Duke is the only one that can put Miles at the crime scene. Right. Of because Andy's. Well, I think they both think Duke and whiskey because whiskey says everybody's under the impression that miles was in Greece this entire time. Mm -hmm. But whiskey's like, no, you were at my birthday party two weeks ago or what it gives an exact date of when the party was oh. and then duke backs that up okay by saying you almost hit me with your car yeah i i didn't catch the greasing but i mean duke was there like he's the only one that can actually pinpoint him yeah. at that actual crime scene right and right. so he knows that well well if she was murdered because the whole thing too hinges on now this part is a little bit of a stretch but apparently and you know Andy's body was found, but the coroner like didn't release the information because somehow they oh, I were. That, to... I thought they said that Benoit blocked it. He said, "I can I can delay the like the release that's of the information for like a week." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like somehow it was kept under wraps because he has that much power. Like because if it got out, the whole thing falls apart. Right, their plan is right. They all have to think that she's still Helen alive. Is, is Andy. Yeah, exactly. So that is the reason why the time in between no one knows that Andy's dead because the coroner was a, a well, friend of well, So that's the, that's the, we find out that's the catalyst for Dave Batista or for your Dave Batista getting murdered is he has this phone and is, he has just like the stupidest Google alerts set up. I do like the line where he's like, you just have it set up for movies. He's like, I like movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dave, but the Dave Batista character gets Duke a Google Duke gets a Google alert that Andy has been found dead. And there's a scene earlier when we sh- we think that it is Duke telling Miles like, "Look, this is what my stream has just done. This changes things." And Miles yeah. is like, "Of course it does. Of course it does." That's a great head we, fake where you think, "Yeah, it's because of his stream right. doing well." And it's and like, we "No, find out that it's he's not, showing her that because she's dead." Duke and... knows that that Miles killed yeah. Andy uh, again. Very uh, and clever the, the way. That's where the drink switch happens, yeah. and Miles takes him out. And then he realized, you know, Miles is trying to clean up after himself, so we find out that Miles is the one that shot Helen mm-hmm. because he knows that Helen can't be there, right? He knows that Helen isn't Andy, I guess. So mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to clear the board yeah. um, of all of the distractions. Well, Benoit puts it all together. Helen has the original napkin, and Ed Norton has had, like, this little, like, bupane lighter, and he lights the he lights it on fire and burns it so there is the original one is now gone and just when you think that ed norton has everything locked up benoit kind of says he's like i can't help you i've gotten you as far as you can go and the only thing left for you to do is to is to is it like you need to find the reason your sister left or something like that like to the you know and 
Yeah, you I find can't out remember. that it's been slipped. It's been a couple weeks since I watched this. So I think I, it's something like the you exact. need the, the reason. So basically, like you need to the reason your sister left is the is how you're going to solve this. Yeah, and he kind of slips her the little piece of hydrogen thing. And What's that what spark? I, I can't from, remember what his technology is called. I, it's it's just been too long. I can't. Remember. Whatever his invention Hydr- is, hydrogen clear, boom boom clear. Stuff. I don't okay. Know. With, oh, a with a K. With a K. With a K. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he K. slips yeah. her the little God. piece that Norton uh, Miles threw at him earlier to look at it, and we either didn't see or forgot that Blanc pocketed it. But right. so now he has it, gives it to her, and we so know. So here's that- what I thought was going to happen. Okay. So Helen starts walking around to all of these glass sculptures and starts pushing them over. And I was like, oh, all of that glass is the hydrogen stuff. Because oh, he says that, that like, the, he's, he says earlier that he being miles says that it's already in use. Like they're already using it. Oh, that's funny. And I was like, Oh my God, he's so vain that he would make, that he his... has surrounded himself <laughs> with this. You know, that's interesting. Issue. I never thought of that, but yeah, that could be very possible for an eccentric billionaire. So Helen is pushing everything over and everyone starts and... joining in like, yeah, screw you. Miles. Like, you may Correct. have this power over us, but we're going to cost you a lot of money and mess up your little party. Right. And then Helen starts a fire. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to get real bad. Well, real meanwhile, quick. every loud noise, the Mona Lisa security glass goes up. So right. it's and it's this really stressful situation. It's this anxiety inducing moment where it's like <laughs> yeah, big crashing the, and the thing sound, going up and like down. The, and the sound of it like is also just like, yeah, that, it. it's the sound mixers. Hats off to them because sound mixing is very important in movies and gets overlooked. I think in most all films, you don't think about it, and when it's really good, it's not a distraction. Yeah. It's it's just there, and it, it, it right. If it's a distraction, you're thinking like, well, that doesn't sound right. You know, when it, right. when it works, you you don't acknowledge it, and uh, all this anxiety inducing is a really good build up to what ends up happening. And we know that the Mona Lisa somehow is going to get it, <laughs> and she finds out that she basically like you know he may have burned the napkin, but. That's a priceless painting, and if that gets destroyed, yep. I mean, he's done for. He will be the guy. Well, not that, only does that get destroyed, but it gets destroyed by the power source he's about to unveil exactly, to the world. Exactly, right. Yeah. So he'll forever so, be associated with the disaster. of Because if, if, if a tech thing just fails, they cover it up, and they got enough money, and whatever. Yeah, sure. But if it destroys the Mona Lisa, a priceless work of art... You can't get over that because people care oh, about no. things like that. You know, it doesn't matter if someone just died or, oh, this explosion ruined whatever, whatever. You know, it would get swept on the rug. People would forget, but they will never forget. And so she ends up uh, yeah, throwing so she the thing into the fire. fire. She starts a fire and then she throws the little piece into the fire. And and at this point, the I th- he's got like a an air suppression system. And it's instead of it sucking the the heat and the oxygen out of the room it acts it sucks the flames up into the like the ducts and ends up blowing up this entire place and everybody kind of scatters we see that helen has zeroed in on the mona lisa and blanc Ed is Norton on the beach realizes, with greg or whoever the random guy they're like oh my drinking. god that's so like the again the, the hippie guy who's yeah. just kind of like just bopping there. in and, and out and he's just like whoa and, and blanc well they're like this is cigar. a non-smoking area yeah. or something that, that like, joke oh. too i mean that you know we didn't say it earlier but <laughs> the non-smoking like, thing going yeah. off is funny yeah ed norton and helen both kind of zero in on the mona lisa helen does kind of beat doesn't well she does totally beat ed norton miles to the kill the button. Hits the button, and of course, now the Mona Lisa goes up in flames. And I love that. Uh, that well, now you'll be remembered. You got what you wanted. You'll be remembered in the same breath right. as the Mona Lisa. So we, every, all of our people, get outside, and we real everything. Everybody realizes that they're done, right? Like Catherine Han is done because she backed, you know, 
one of her campaign slogans is she was free free and clear energy and the green deal well now she's backed like this hydrogen chemical plant to to go through uh lionel has approved the the hydrogen thing to be mass produced um duke is obviously dead and the the sweatshop thing is going to come out so miles kind of said you know is like you didn't see x y you didn't see this you didn't see that we can make this work then they all say i saw miles burn the paper then another one says i saw miles driving from mm-hmm. uh andy's place so they all basically they they turn on him they turn on on miles and that's kind of how this one ends it, it was funny i i had seen some some stuff online about benoit maybe being gay and then there's no mention of it until hugh grant opens the yeah. front door where you know like he's wearing like a cooking apron and making something you know some sort of food but we had heard the voice before when benoit was yeah. in the in the bathtub he had heard somebody I was talking who to is him. It? I, I took i mean i guess it could be his partner or it could be his like it could be his assistant like assistant, ryan johnson said could flat be anything. out that he's he's queer oh he did yeah okay i yeah. didn't realize oh, he that. Did? i, I, heard yeah, that. I thought yeah. he had said something yeah, yeah he's okay. like no no no. he's definitely okay yeah because i didn't know how to take that i was just like right I but it, yeah it's great hugh, hugh grant is is then his partner and then ethan hawk ethan hawk <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the cameos this is pretty funny how he got i mean those you zoom think there's ones, gonna be but, more of that but yeah. ethan hawk's on screen for what two minutes just just yeah, yeah he's like well because the whole thing <laughs> took place during covid so you're like well how do you get around like the masks and all that right and so the high-tech miles has it's just a plot device so like they don't have to wear masks or you don't have to sit there the whole movie and be like, yeah, they should be wearing masks. Exactly. Like, right, nope. right, right. His high tech thing, they shoot a little thing to the back of their throat. And it's like, nope, you are cured from I all I like the, uh, the Kate Hudson thing where she makes a con. I think Catherine Hahn maybe says something. She's like, no, nope, it's fine. These people, she's having like a massive party in her mansion. And she's like, no, no, these people are in my pot. It's fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I remember those. It days. is weird, yeah. yeah, to go back here and see all the masks. <laughs> and then also you can kind of figure out what each character is by how they wear their masks and what Very masks yeah. they wear. The, the, the mesh mask from Kate Hudson. Yeah. yeah. Got mesh a pretty good laugh in my and house. Catherine Hahn has a mask under her nose. And, <laughs> right, like, and right, then right. Duke and Whiskey wear no masks and stuff. No masks. There's, there's, this movie has a lot to say and obviously about Duke class. would be a neck gator. That's yeah. what he would yeah. For sure. That's what he would If wear. he had to, yeah. Yeah. So, but no, oh, I think this is this is fantastic. But with the celebrity cameos, we left out Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, right. Where was he? As the chime. He's, the, ding. he's the the dong. Oh, that's that fantastic. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty great. That's yeah. pretty great. So, yeah, I, it's a shame that this didn't go to theaters, but I'm glad that there was it another did. one. Where were you on Thanksgiving? Yeah. I guess that's true. It sorry, it was there the for 36 days. hours. Yeah, yeah sorry. Your schedule. The three days it was out in theaters. Yeah. It was there for one week. One full week. Okay. But now this was a lot of fun. I don't think it was quite as good as the first one, but I thought it was real close. I didn't yeah. think the cast was as electric as the first cast. I think, but I think it was some of the problem is it's like it's not very believable that all these people would be friends. That's fair, <laughs> but uh, that's fair. Where in the first one they were family, so like it's right, you know, right, right, right. but still, it's overall. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah I, just, I thought. How do you recapture the the fun of the first one and this one? I think did as good of a job. Like it's close, if not as good, it's close. Where very it's a hard, so. tough act to follow. So I'm I'm on board for three. I hope that that comes sooner than later. Same, and but I also get that Ryan Johnson might just not 
might not want to just keep making Knives Out movies for yeah. the rest of his life too. Sure. So I get that as well. So. Especially if he's not making a billion dollars on them. Yeah, that could or maybe change. He did. Yeah. Maybe he did. Maybe maybe depending on what I'm Netflix, sure he still got play. the money he wanted to get, or he wouldn't yeah. have done it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So like he's doing okay. Yeah, so. he's doing just fine. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tommy. Follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, everyone murdered Ratchet. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.